We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the True Faith Newcastle United podcast. Newcastle have just lost, but they've just lost on penalties. 4-2 on penalties to Chelsea in the League Cup quarterfinal. They were less than two minutes in theory from going through before... Kieran Trippier, Howler allowed Chelsea back into the game to finish the game 1-1. Um, Alex, I have Norman Riley with me, Si and Ben, to talk to you about what happened and why. And Norman, there's no easy way to do this. This is a discussion immediately after the game and we're all absolutely gutted uh, and angry a little bit. Thoughts on Newcastle's elimination, mate? Was it simply just Kieran Trippier has had uh, another un-Trippier-like moment and there's nothing else to discuss or is there a little bit more to it than that for you, mate? Oh. God, what a question. Uh, in the immediate aftermath of the match, I mean, first and foremost, this is absolutely devastating, this, the way that we lost this game, because I was convinced most of you through the match, despite the fact that Chelsea obviously dominated possession, I was convinced we're going through. I, I don't think they really created much in the way of clear-cut chances, the way that Sky presented the highlights at half-time, calling it Chelsea's chances. Well, it was a couple of uh, ricochets that led to a couple of half-chances and then a long-range shot. I think despite the fact that they controlled the ball, we, to me, looked more or less like we're quite comfortable. The way they played was very Pochettino-esque this season, or very the way that Chelsea played this season, dominating the ball, but not actually doing much with it. And I, I was convinced we're going through, and the way the goal came about was just, it was one error by a very good player who has, unfortunately, committed quite a few errors in the last couple of weeks. We saw it, obviously, against Everton. This isn't me denigrating Trippier, by the way. He's an incredible player. It was just bad luck bad moment of concentration. Whatever it was that went through Trippier's mind at that precise moment in time has led to this unfortunate defeat. Um, and it's it's devastating. I mean, I, I, I suppose I might argue that I thought Dubravka was a little bit hesitant when the ball sort of came in. Maybe, maybe Dubravka could have made a bit more, bit more of a go for getting the ball and it came to Trippier perhaps when he wasn't expecting it. I don't know, maybe I'm maybe I'm kind of clutching at straws here, but... Um, I, I I don't want to I don't want to dig trip you out for this particular defeat or the equalising goal anyway because it was a draw right it was a draw it wasn't a defeat let's look at it like that um, but at the same time it's hard not to look at it right now and think oh my god one error by one of our most experienced brilliant players has has cost us a place in the semi-finals that's what it feels like right now but ask me in twenty four hours and I'll probably look back and think well overall can we blame Kieran Trippier for this probably not thoughts. I think the only explanation for what Trippier's doing is that he thinks Dubravka's not 
on his line. He thinks Jabrava's mm-hmm. coming to claim it, and then he realizes very quickly the header's not good enough. Obviously, it's it's a it's a crap header, and it is it is Trippier's fault. Dubravka could be coming, but realistically, he's not, and there's no need for him to play this half-assed, not half-assed. I'm sure he didn't mean to. I'm sure he's trying his best, but you know, it's just this this loose header that that to be fair to Murdrick, he, he does pounce on it very well, but. Yeah, there's a few things you can look back on in terms of is that the reason we lost the game? You know, there's some decision making towards the end, hold up the ball a bit better in their half, and then that chance doesn't come. You know, Miggy's through and he has a shot instead of just keeping hold of the ball. Um, you look back at the ref in the first half, Casado should probably be sent off. Very different game with that. Um, there's some other, you know, big fouls that the refs give a throw in when uh, Colwell um, went through, was it Kraft? Kraft. Uh, you know, there's, there's a few other moments in the game that you could look back on and think, well, we've been really unlucky there. So realistically, it, it, it's tough. It's it's really painful. Um, you, you kind of just thought as soon as there's penalties, because Chelsea were at home and because of the way they'd got the late equaliser, they had the momentum going to that. The pressure's on us all of a sudden. You knew the way it was going to go, and it is brutal. Um, so yeah, it's, it's heartbreaking because I thought after winning on Saturday, win here, the Champions League pain's gone. You know, we're, we're through at the semi-finals. We're back on track in the league, and instead we're sitting here thinking, "Fuck me, what? What next?" Like now, you're just thinking, "What next?" Um, yeah, it's, <clears throat> it, I mean, it's massive disappointment. I mean, as you say, Chelsea didn't have any quality really in that that final third. Mm. I mean, I don't, I don't know how they've come out of that goal, that that game with a goal because they they just didn't look like scoring tonight. Um, and it's, it, I mean, ultimately, it's a game of not great quality, but two two mistakes for both goals. So, I mean, we're obviously forgetting kind of the. The massive error that they contribute to our goal. So obviously they can't they, they contribute uh, cancel each other out. But it's just I, I mean the biggest disappointment for me was just the performance um, to let that Chelsea side um, dominate as much as we do. I, I get I mean I suppose what you have to do is look at the team that was on the pitch kind of at the end there. There's not a huge amount of quality there um, to kind of go up against the the. <laughs> billion pound team or whatever that, that Chelsea have got on the pitch but um, I just felt like we, we probably could have dealt with the situation it was just without although they didn't create any great chances it, you kind of run the risk of allowing them a chance let, allowing them that much domination in the second half and that is probably the most disappointing thing was that we just didn't get a foothold in the game yeah. at all in that second half and that's that's hard to take I think Ben makes an important point in terms of the teams that were left left on the pitch especially at the end knew the equaliser comes from Mudrick was he 85 million something along those lines we mm-hmm. bring on Matt Ritchie right two players are playing similar positions they're both wide players um, one very much towards the end of his career who probably pre-season didn't think he had much of a future at Newcastle United Football Club they bring on Mudrick uh, they bring on he's got, ten, he's got 10 more years on he Richie <laughs> I mean, he, is, he is Eddie House's son so he's got as long as Eddie's there <laughs> but um Obviously, Nkunku comes on as well. Again, another very expensive player. Young, a lot of goals in the Bundesliga. We bring on, and I mean, and didn't get us wrong, I am not seeing this from any position of disrespect, but Dan Byrne comes on. He's bought seven and a half million from Brighton, like a 31-year-old like defender. You know, the, the, the difference in what, the, what they have spent and what they can bring on compared to what we can bring on tonight. Ultimately, you look at that and you think, well, Chelsea probably, on like, if you're looking at it from in terms of the money that they spent, the players that they've got, they probably should be walking away with that game by the end of it, and they didn't, so... I'm going to look at this from a positive, positive perspective and say that actually we were literally seconds away from winning away at Stamford Bridge against a squad that has cost way more than the one that we've got. That was a team that was on at the end. Two teams that were way different in terms of how much they've cost to put together. In one little mistake by a brilliant player who really makes mistakes, he's just had a bad run, has cost were 
uh, and penalties, penalties are a bit of a lottery. I was a little bit surprised to see Trippier step up and take a penalty, given the fact that he did look a little bit drained of confidence after having conceded the way that we did two minutes earlier. But it is what it is. Penalties are, again, ridiculous as it sounds. They are a bit of a lottery, right? They are. Ben, I'm going to get into what you talked about there, more in part two of the show about the approach. I, I'm just... Um, I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed for the players, for how... I'm annoyed for Kieran Trippier, who, who hasn't looked right since... Um, since that international break, really overall, he's been superb. One of the best Newcastle players I've ever seen. He's so far below that level in terms of individual moments at the minute. There's, 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 it, it, I don't know. We don't know. That's why we do a podcast rather than pick the team or involved in football in any professional way. But it's such a poor mistake. Let's, let's not get about it. He, I assume he's heading the ball back for Martin Dubravka. Even if Martin Dubravka is running towards him at that moment, the ball probably isn't getting to him. No, yeah. Um, it's it's a real, real shame for everyone. And in terms of the journey for Newcastle United, I just don't think you can kind of toss off domestic cup semi-finals as easily as we have tonight because of all the hard work that's gone in until that point to 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 let Chelsea back in with such a basic error is uh, is very tough to take. And there's also a lot of questions about game management. I think one of you said before. Miguel Moron has the ball and goes for an impossible shot. The, literally the attack before this happens, it's not Miguel Moron's fault that Trippier does what he does. But I also think back to Anfield when Ali Anderson crosses the ball in in the 96th minute yeah. rather than taking it in the corner. It's not Ali Anderson's fault that what happens happens at Anfield. Um, you know, Bruno Gomares against Liverpool early this season in the 93rd minute of a game that Newcastle were staring down the barrel of a very disappointing 1-1 draw against 10 men, decided to play an outside of the foot pass. There are little things that Newcastle keep doing in these moments, in these games, and there's one of the most pleasing things about tonight, apart from a League Cup semi-final, would have been, even under how we haven't been able to write any history about going away to big grounds and winning, and despite Chelsea's mediocrity this season, they were mediocre tonight. It's a ground that Newcastle just don't win at, and Newcastle should have won in Paris. They should have wrote Anfield or got a draw Anfield last season. Old Traff had me. I'll throw that back at you. What do you mean? Old Traff had three 0 We won. That, that, that's a big. I, I just, I just think I, I agree with you, but I just think the, the mitigation of Man United being as dog shit as they are, <laughs> it, it, and Chelsea are poor, and Man United are maybe better than Chelsea, which is weird because they're above them in the league. But I, my, my, my frustration is that we keep throwing away these moments, um, and and the, the they're not easy to get in football. Like Newcastle have played one domestic semi-final in 20 years which was last season and it should have been it, we should be sat here right now and the players should be sat in the dressing room right now looking forward to a second and the manner in which it's been lost is just very difficult to take and you know the resource difference is huge like you say no no one to Chelsea and let's face it the the Chelsea can not just bring on good footballers they can bring on footballers Newcastle can bring on a player like Matt Ritchie is their only attacking player on the bench but Newcastle put themselves in a position to be able to do the extraordinary and they keep tossing it off and that's the frustrating thing I'm not trying to get at Kieran Trippier as an individual I love him I think he's great but I don't want to I also don't want to just gloss over the fact that that this is a this is a we have shot ourselves in the foot we can't blame Chelsea's bench we can't blame the resource difference we can't really blame injuries about not winning that game tonight as remarkable as it would have been and it's just a massive massive shame and in football you know footballers careers are short this would have been a domestic semi-final against Liverpool, West Ham, Middlesbrough or Fulham 
you know, opportunity, opportunity there to do something special and win a trophy and we've managed to to throw it away and that's the most frustrating thing. That's, I mean, Norman mentioned the old travel. We've beat Man City and then gone to old travel and won for this. Like That's the other thing of like, this would have been a brilliant, brilliant cup story and instead two great results mean nothing now, mean absolutely nothing. So it's like that Man City win was great. The Man United great win was brilliant, but they've been absolutely pointless. These said it before, the work that's gone into those results to then just blow it um, in the last minute of this one feels tough and yet... I still would put it down to just at a moment of madness, a moment of really bad luck, and we've not been getting much luck recently. I disagree with what you've said there, mate, because I think those wins against Man City at home and Man U were massive, regardless of what's happened tonight. That's, that's the big psychological wins, and you could argue, actually, well, we got to Wembley last season, lost in the final 2-0, but might as well not bother winning any of the games prior to getting to that final. You know, it's, that, that rationale just doesn't, it doesn't appeal to me at all. I understand the pain that you're in at the minute, but I still think beating Man City, beating Man United, taking Chelsea to penalties, by the way, like a team that has won historically over the last, what, two and a half decades, a lot of trophies, right? Regardless of how bad they might be at the minute, we've still gone there and we've still nearly won. We were so close to getting to a semi-final tonight after having beaten Man City, Man United and Chelsea. Tell me a time in Newcastle United's recent history, or history indeed, where that has actually happened. Like, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, we would have blown out to one of these teams, like, to Man City in the third round, or Man City 15 years ago, admittedly, maybe not. Man United, most certainly, so this is devastating, but in context, I'm going to say it again, that we tonight have, have, have taken a team that is way more expensive, way, have had way more years of kind of experience in these competitions than we have, and we've nearly won, and Alex, Alex what you said there about you know, us having these big moments and, and regardless of how, how they can bring on tonight and, you know, regardless of what we've got, we, we still should have maybe managed the game a bit better. I would actually... There's not even... No, not, not manage the game. Well, maybe manage the game better, but we'll talk a second off. It's, I'm, just, I'm just articulating a frustration that it's not Chelsea that did it to us, it's us that did it to us. Aye, fair, 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 fair enough. But at the same time, if we turn, take it back to the Miguel-Moron moment, right? Miguel-Moron did that because he isn't the type of player who in that precise moment in that game turns around and starts thinking I know what I need to do I know what I need to kill time he just kind of he does what he does and and unfortunately I just don't think right now we've got enough of the the personnel to win trophies that, that we need and and I, and I find it I agree with what you're saying to a certain extent but at the same time I just think like give it a couple of seasons and, and these little mistakes we're making right now they probably won't they probably won't be the case again we'll get into it more in part two of the show coming up after after this we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
think it's worth starting part two talking about how Newcastle play after 1-0. Now, I think at 0-0, Newcastle deserved the goal. It was a bit of an end-to-end game, but I thought Newcastle looked really good, really bright. They get the goal. Bit fortunate, albeit a fantastic finish. And, and Callum Wilson is rewarded for his direct running and his, his you know, willingness to run against two defenders from his own half, essentially. And then we kind of see what we see from Newcastle United a lot. It's what we saw at PSG, like I said, it's what we saw at Anfield last season. I'd argue it's what we saw against Man United last season in the league, where we, we have a very strong first half and then get deeper and deeper second half. And I think a lot of people will, will quite rightly, in my opinion, point to injuries, point to fatigue. As the second half goes on, it gets harder and harder for Newcastle to just string passes together. Never mind have a shot or an attack or put any pressure on or relieve the pressure. But I do think it's worth discussing amongst ourselves. Newcastle actually play like they play for the second half in the first half immediately after the goal. And it just, is there a question here to be answered about approach when going 1-0 up? Because we just seem to get, we seem to go 4-5-1, sit off, sit deep, be compact, maybe play a little bit of counter-attack, didn't work. Are there questions here for how to answer? Or is it, are you comfortable with the way that we approach this high? Um what what I'd probably say is that if you asked him, he'd say that's not what we were trying to do because he probably would say that. I'd, there's an element of it, it felt like that because we were under the cosh a lot and it didn't feel like we needed to be because after 15 minutes, it was a very even game. And I suppose for the first 15 minutes of the second half, it got a bit end-to-end, it got really stretched. And I was thinking, actually, we're gambling quite a bit here. Tino's bombing on and we're leaving stuff in behind. But if we've got that second goal, it kills the game. So I get it. We did the same though. After 60 minutes, it was literally 35 minutes of, of backs to the wall now. That nearly worked. Um, and also, I think there was just lots of mistakes being made in the way we were playing. And I don't want to dig in on that in particular, but every time the ball went to Wilson, it just seemed to bounce off him. He wasn't holding anything up. And then when he did manage to hang on to the ball, he was trying to pop it off. Before Gordon went off, there was a couple of times he put it just too far from him to get onto. Goes the other way to Miggy, pops it off, not quite there. Pops off a long staff, doesn't quite reach him. Like Things just weren't connecting. When we won the ball back, we were getting it forward. And within seconds, Chelsea just kept getting it back and... When that happens, you naturally just end up deeper and deeper and deeper because you do not get a chance to get yourselves back up the pitch. And I think us hanging on to the ball was just as big a problem tonight as the perceived dropping off and dropping off. I just think we weren't getting on hold of the ball. We weren't getting ourselves out of those positions because maybe errors, maybe fatigue. I don't know what contributes to that, but things weren't clicking. We weren't holding on to the ball very well at all. And I don't think that's because Chelsea were defending really well or pushing us in. I think we were just making mistakes. I agree more or less with what you said there. Tactically, I, I don't think I've got too many complaints um, because, again, we are deep in injury time. Like, we're away against Paris and we've almost won. And I know almost winning sounds a bit pathetic, but ultimately, two or three more <laughs> minutes in those games, if we come away with one nil wins away to PSG and away to Chelsea, these are perfect tactical performances. We're not having this conversation. We're like, we're beating PSG and Chelsea with one nil, and we nearly did both times. I think it ties into personnel. I think... The tactics were our eat. It's the personnel, as Sai says there, the Balagans up top. Well, I'm going to send a forward up and hold on the ball and kill seconds. You get a centre forward up there who can kill 20 seconds on the ball, like four or five times during, during that match. You're killing a couple of minutes straight off there. You get a midfielder who can put the foot on the ball, dictate the play for a little bit, kill a bit of time. Those tactics look perfect. So I think tactically, I can understand the game plan. I just think, unfortunately, it's maybe the limited personnel that impacted on that tactical plan coming to fruition. And I say that, again, underlying the fact that we conceded a goal in the, like, the third minute of injury time. I mean, this was almost tactically perfect. 
yeah, it's, I mean that it's a bit of pill as well, isn't it? Like yeah. that—that's the it's such fine margins. I mean, obviously, you've talked about the personal. I mean, the Gordon injury is is the killer, really, in it because he is our outlet ultimately in, in games like this. When Botman going off at half time, by the way, lads as well. Yeah. Factor that in. But I, I just think in terms of as you say, Sai, you're right to say we just could not get the ball into their half and it stick. It was just coming back relentlessly, and I think where you would have maybe would have had some opportunities would have been. Gordon in behind that because they put they were they were playing a very high line they because they knew they, they could handle what was in front of them and ultimately Matt Ritchie and Miggy Almiron and Callum Wilson are not going to run in behind them and and kind of scare them so I, I guess it's it's hard to criticize how for the for the approach in the second half because <laughs> it's all we had and and I don't really know what what else um that those players could do I suppose the biggest disappointment is, is Wilson as you say there was a few times where he, he the balls played into him and he needs to take a better touch and at least at least win a foul or something. Just get us a bit of bit of um, respite from from the pressure because it was. Uh, I mean, there was a, there was a lot of, of of play coming our way. Having said that, again, kind of to your point, Norman, I prob- how probably just didn't see Chelsea scoring today. They were so poor. They're not a great team, as you said rightly so. And that's the frustrating thing again. Is, I mean, we've had two back to back draws against um, Chelsea at Stamford Bridge where. We've come up against nothing really. Terrible, mm. terrible poor teams. Um, and yet we can't <laughs> get over over this hump of, of getting the win. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult to be too too critical of it. I just think it's a, it is a sign kind of... And, it, and again, it, it, it's hard because, I mean, I thought Miley had a great... We, we were talking quite a lot. I thought Miley had a great game. But when you look in that dying moment of that game, you've got a midfield of Miley, Bruno and um, Longstaff. They couldn't get the foot on the ball. We, we couldn't play simple passes up the line just to even just keep the ball. There was just such a disconnect there. And it's, it's happened in quite a few of the games this season where we've struggled, where we just can't seem to get the midfield close enough to the to the attack to, to link up play and, and um, kind of just, just get up the pitch, really. And, and that in itself just brings a lot of pressure. So, yeah, it's it's frustrating. I think it's it, it's hard to be too critical on, on the way we the way we played because we just simply don't have the players with the ability to play how we, we could have um, because of who's available. I think the Gordon one was such a turning point because I thought he he looked dangerous. As you say, there was a couple of times in that first half where Wilson, if he just gets a, the ball a little bit in front of Gordon, he, he's through and, and they weren't catching him. So, um, yeah, it's I, I think it's a tough one. It's just, I don't know what the answer is. I, I think you made the point last week, Dottie, about... <laughs> Our away form and kind of we don't we don't win ugly games kind of one nil seeing it out and this is another example of a game that we've tried to do that and we've not been able to get over the line and yes it's a mistake but ultimately it's you you you're more likely to to make those mistakes when you're inviting the pressure that we did for for as long as we did in that second half so yeah it's um I think it's a result that probably ponders more questions and and kind of um things that we need to to kind of work out because ultimately we're in the situation we're in with with the players that are available um we've got to find a way of of seeing this game out and and it, it's another one that we've let slip it just it's just kind of paris away vibes really like you know that's the that's the king the thing feeling like this so soon after that although different circumstances still there's still an immense feeling of what could and should have been and both 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 games are hugely, or both results are hugely consequential for Newcastle. Newcastle have lost a, a massive chance, a massive chance of winning a domestic trophy. 
Uh, and they also lost a huge chance in Paris of playing at least European football, if not Champions League football, uh, in 2024. And, and yeah, I suppose the part, part of me feels like Watney Castle and Eddie Howe and the playing staff have had to go through should have resulted potentially in kind of like six Premier League defeats, mid-table mediocrity, huge pressure, huge conversation, and, and the players and the, and the manager have shied away from the injury stuff and they've just gone on with it, particularly at home anyway. And that, you know, that Everton game could have, could have, gone, could have gone a different way. Again, same player kind of responsible for the issues there. It's just, it's just a tough one to take. And, and, you know, penalties are penalties, but do any of you have an issue with Kieran Trippier taking a pen? So I think I touched on it a few minutes ago. When Trippier makes that mistake, and then within five minutes of making that mistake, he stepped up to take a penalty in a highly sort of you know intense match. Do I have an issue with him taking it? Mm. On reflection, it's easy for me to turn around and say he probably wasn't in the greatest mental state of mind to take that penalty at that precise moment. But ultimately, it's Kieran Trippier who's put himself forward for that. This is Kieran Trippier, England international, one of Europe's best fullbacks. Who one of our best set piece takers. Exactly. And who's had a conversation with, you know, arguably one of the Premier League's best managers, and they've both decided that it's Ari. So on that basis, no, I didn't have an issue with him taking it. On reflection, of course, I'm going to say maybe he should have been taking a penalty three minutes after his cost were potentially a place in the semi final of a cup. So it's a really difficult one to answer. But if those two decided how in Trippier that it was Ari for him to take a penalty, it probably was Ari. He just took a shit pen. I think if we had the options, maybe you would have protected him. But who are you going to put? Like you've got Dan Byrne, Jamal Lascelles, uh, Tino. I'd probably have backed for a pen. Um, Lewis Miley, seventeen. You're going to put him in that position? I don't think so. Longstaff. Don't know if you would take a pen or not. Um, <clears throat> you start run, really running out of players. Matt Ritchie was a bigger surprise missing his. To be honest, like you always back him on a penalty. Um, yeah, difficult circumstances, but I totally. But I'm sure Kieran Trippier was the one saying, "I will take this penalty." Listen, I'm, I'm, I've got this. Don't worry. Um, it's just just bad luck. I mean, his run up was weird, and the, when the camera pans to a player and he looks a bit nervous, it's easy to read into that. But realistically, he's just missed a pen. Like these things happen. These things happen. I don't want to read into it too much that he's was you know thinking, dwelling on the mistake, and that's why he's missed. Like it's just it's probably. He would again. He would come out and say that's nonsense. Just, just took a bad pen and we'll move on, and we'll we'll be back at the weekend. I mean, he's, he's a leader in that team. He's he's one of the senior players on the pitch at that moment as well. As you say, you've rattled off all the names there. If if I think there'd be a bigger surprise if he didn't take one. I think there'd be a lot more questions asked if Kieran Trippier shied away from that moment when it's literally the it's not the season on the line, but that that cup competition on the line. Ultimately, if if Trippier doesn't step up for that, I think there's a bigger a bigger issue. Um, he stood up, he tried to take responsibility for it. As you say, it's difficult because of the situation. His headspace probably wasn't in the optimal um, position it should be in, given given what had just happened. But um, he's, I think there's been enough time there. He's, he's composed himself since that. He knows he's got a, he's going to be taking a pen as well. They've had that conversation. So I think it's just, as you say, si, it's just simply down to shy pen, unfortunately. And it happens. We saw Bruno. I mean, Bruno took a decent pen tonight. Hoyd one over the bar in the most hilarious circumstances at Palace. Uh, <laughs> so Palace at home last season. So uh, these things happen. Uh, that Palace at home still very much is the exception, isn't it, to the rule? As, so, <laughs> as soon as I went to penalties, I was just nah. We don't win penalty shootouts. Mm-hmm. Palace are fucking dog shit. They don't count. Um, Nick Pope was in goal as well, and Dubravka, who only really has one save to make. I think all night, like in terms of one mm-hmm. big save to make. Um, but he just didn't look like getting close to any of 
and you trust I mean, they were great pens. They're like, good pens. I was going to say, yeah, it's, not, it's, not, it's not even under Bradford. Three, Bradford three or four of them are in the top corner. So, <laughs> I think the only, the only thing I'll, I'll, I'll say is that about the approach is second half, they just look dead on their feet. You understand it as the game goes on. It gets harder and harder. Chelsea, fresh legs, good legs as well. Good players come on. Newcastle have got defenders and Matt Ritchie on the bench. I just, I just wonder it, it. I just wonder knowing that was going to be the case, assuming that was going to be the case, could they have done more at 1-0 in the first half to try and do a little bit, to try and score a second or the very start of the second half? Because like you said earlier, si, there, were, there were chances in the first half for counter-attacks, better balls, but it just felt like the shape changed. It was a straight four, five across midfield. And at, a lot of times, Wilson's kind of almost just at the the apex of a five, so it's like a four-six almost, and it just felt early, it just felt early for them to do that, but, but, like you said, Norman, if it isn't for Kieran Trippier's moment of madness, we aren't having this conversation. If we're not having this conversation, if we go through, it's probably an unfair accusation. I'd also say, I, the maybe's were opportunities for a counter-attack, especially in the first half at 1-0 up, but... And again, Callum Wilson scored a good goal, obviously very fortuitous in terms of the bounces and Barry Ashley's massive mistake, but a great finish and great persistence. But on those counter-attacks, if you put Alexandra Isak up front instead of Callum Wilson, those counter-attacks might actually happen because of Isak's movement. His movement across the line, his ability to get in behind defenders, cause absolute chaos. Callum Wilson cannot do that. You know, you're looking at a, a very good finisher who is, what, 31, 32 years old, who's had a litany of bad injuries across the course of their career. He isn't necessarily the kind of player that can play that sort of dynamic counter-attack in centre-forward's role. Isak can. So you put Isak in that game tonight, those counter-attacks might have, might have actually occurred. They might have come to something. But again, I think we're just... I think the game plan itself, I, I, I don't have issue with it. I just think the biggest issue tonight, other than the, the horrific error at the end, for us getting a second goal, for us maybe holding on to the ball a bit better than we did, towards, especially towards the end when the goal came... Is personnel. I just think it's personnel, mate, and that's only something that's going to improve over the next two or three transfer winners. It takes a long time to put together a squad that is able, able to do what we want the club to eventually do. And I think tonight, I, I can't, I, I think I can really fault Howe's approach. We'll leave it there for part two of the show. A couple more adverts coming after this. You can get these podcast advertisement free on our Patreon platform for just two pounds fifty a month. Uh, so speak to you shortly. Newcastle, get ready for a night of non-stop mixed martial arts action. Octagon MMA, Europe's number one promotion, explodes into the Utilita Arena on January 27th. Six hours of entertainment topped by the grudge match, featuring one of the UK's most exciting fighters, Jack Cartwright taking on former champion Jonas Magard. UK number two ranked middleweight, Matthew Bonner, takes on Octagon knockout artist, Matej Penas. Also featuring the best local talent from the northeast, Newcastle, Octagon MMA is coming to the tune. Grab your tickets now at Ticketmaster.com. They'll also make a great last-minute Christmas present for someone looking for a live sporting experience. So Newcastle United in the past, what, six days? Because AC Milan was six days ago, have gone out of Europe and gone out of the Cup, the League Cup. Uh, and Norman, uh, some people, particularly I think outside of the North East and outside of the club, will be sharpening the knives saying the season's falling apart. We don't look currently anyway at the level of the top four, including Aston Villa, who seems to be in a little kind of league of their own at the minute. Um, what, what do you think? What do you think this, this, you called it a draw, but this exit from the cup does to the direction of Newcastle United season? Well, it means we're not going to win the Carabao Cup 
that's one thing uh, we can get clear right now, unfortunately. But look, in the last week, it's been a devastating week, a demoralising week in many respects, right? But we've gone into the Champions League like six minutes, I think, to Gan. We were still in with a chance of getting through. We've lost in the quarterfinal of the League Cup away to another Premier League team, and one that has historically, as I mentioned, won a lot of trophies quite recently in injury time. As devastating as these blows are, like we were in the conversation right to the death for two major tournaments and we're still, what, sixth or seventh in the league? Still within a great, you know, with a great shout of getting in the, in the top four again this season. We're still in the FA Cup. I, th- I think we're going to wait a Sunderland and win. I, I think in terms of the, the overall impact on the season, I don't think it's going to kind of knock her off track in the sense that we're not going to be challenging what the Champions League come, what, like March, let's say, for example, are still backward to beat Sunderland in the Cup and draw dependent, obviously, still have a good run. In fact, even draw dependent, again, I refer back to the League Cup, we went to Old Trafford, we beat Man U 3 away. Man U might be a pile of shite in many regards, but they're still Man United at Old Trafford. It, it, that's still a big game to go there and win. We nearly beat Chelsea away, we beat Man City, we can beat anyone on our day. Unfortunately, we've had a couple of results in the last week and a half or so in big competitions where we just haven't had the, the rub of the green. We've conceded an injury time goal to Chelsea away in AC Milan, we had a lot of pressure on it and, you know, a, maybe a bit of a lack of experience, a lack of squad depth is what ultimately cost me in the Champions League. So in terms of the overall picture of this season, we'll get our players back. We'll probably bring in a couple of players during the window. We'll be pushing for the top four and there's every chance we'll have a good run in the cup. So I'm not looking at this and thinking, well, our season's going to collapse because it, it isn't. It just isn't. There's still a lot to play for, isn't there? I mean, ultimately... Well, what nine points behind Villa in um, in, in that chase for top four? Um, obviously, we've had, as you say, we've had a, a, a rough couple of weeks. I mean, obviously, starting with that Everton defeat and then um, kind of the, the humbling at, at Spurs, who are, are, are one of our challenges at this point in time. Um, I mean, I, I, I think the players, the manager, they, they would have set their sights higher than what we've achieved. I think, obviously, they would have backed themselves to get out of that group I think in the Champions League I think they'll have backed themselves to at least get there another final get especially given the teams left here so yes we've, we've fallen short of what we're, we're we're trying to achieve here but ultimately we're, we're trying to achieve excellence we're trying to achieve we're, we're setting high targets and that, that's a positive from where we've been in in uh, kind of in the first point anyway but um the, the, as, as you say there's still a play for um the, I think what we've seen in this, as, and as you, you rightly point out, we've we've beaten some of the the, the, the contenders for um, these competitions already. And when we're going to the FA Cup, obviously got a massive game to, to get through at the <clears throat> against Sunderland. But again, we the, we shouldn't go into that competition kind of fearful of anyone because of what we've done in this. So um, obviously it's massively disappointing. But I, I think you're right. You were saying earlier there's still positives to take out of this that I think if when we go into that competition, we are one of the, we, we should be count, be thinking of ourselves as one of the favourites for that. And hopefully uh, that can um, materialise once we get some players back and can we get a bit more of a squad. Um, obviously massive disappointment to be out of Europe, but on the, the flip side of that, um, you, you look at what some teams have, have managed to do kind of without the, the, the two weeks, uh, two games a week pressure. We, we can put a lot of pressure on on these teams in the league, and um, when they're playing midweek, we we'll have, have, have had fresh legs. So, yeah, there's still a lot to play for. Um, season's definitely not over, but it's just it's it's a difficult period that we've got to try and get through. And 
and uh, and start kind of getting some some positives out of of, of the season. Hopefully, they that'll come with with some uh, some wins very soon. I mean, yeah, there's there's three things I want to say. One, I mean, the, the Sunderland game is massive now. I think it is massive. Um, I, I almost didn't want it to be. I wanted Sunderland to be less of a distraction. And now it becomes more of a distraction. As we have to win that game because I think the FA Cup now is a real is our main opportunity this season to do something. It's more prestigious than the League Cup. You know, if you're someone asked at the start of the season, would you rather make a go of the FA Cup or the League Cup? You'd take the FA Cup now. It shouldn't have been a choice of one or the other, but we're here now. FA Cup now becomes a almost a priority, albeit the League will still be the actual priority. Two, I think um, <clears throat> Newcastle, under Eddie Howe, with these group of players, will go on a run. I think what Ben just said about the fact the fixture list is now going to be less congested will mean that's more likely and probably more sustainable. We'll go on a proper run. We'll win six, seven games out of nine or more, and then we'll be right back in that pack and everyone will be saying we're having a great season again because I think what we've demonstrated um, up to now with all the injuries, with everything else, with Tonali um, and some of the bad luck we've had with refs, even tonight with the ref, I would still say he's, he's mullered well with that with that early red card where he saw it half time, he was looking right at it, he should have fucking got the red card. Um, what we've achieved with so many problems thrown at us this season and with the fixture list being so unkind with the Champions League, with all of the all of the League Cup games being as hard as they've been, and the fact that we're still sixth, or we were um, on, but when we won on Saturday, um, the fact that we got to the quarterfinals and by a last-minute nightmare didn't get through and then went out on penalties, the fact that we're, we're minutes away from the last 16 of the Champions League, not just Europe League, minutes away from the last 16, the fact that we've done all that and we're still here, still standing with hope ahead of us is still really impressive. Like, We've got so many free passes for the rest of the season still, I would say, based on what we've achieved with all the problems we've had. Like, imagine if none of these ridiculous things had happened. We, I actually think at times we've played better this season than we did the season before. We've just had hit after hit. I mean, tonight Gordon's gone off. Botman only played a half. Like, I, I was confirmed that Gordon went off with an after effect of the tackle from Caicedo. So hopefully that's, you know, not a long one, but you, you know what I mean? The, the hits keep coming. It could get worse. It could get worse. But with this group of players that we have left, and with players back and hopefully a little bit of January business, I still think this can be a really good season and I think we will go on some runs. Just to quickly add, I think as well, last season, finishing in the top four and finishing the top four as comfortably as he did, I think that was, it was a massive surprise. It was unexpected. At this, I mean, I'm seeing it at the start of the season, you know, Alex said to me, very predicted that would probably finish in the top four and he probably said we'd win the league at some point. You maybe said it didn't, but I'll see it did. Um, but did. look, but look, ultimately, if we finished sixth last season, right, that in itself, bearing in mind where we come from, would have been a massive achievement. If we got into the Europa League, like Villa have done, right, and been drawn in a group where the best team against you was Legia Warsaw from Poland, right, would have gone through. We'd be sat here now, probably in the top six, probably in the next round of the UEFA Cup, Europa League, whatever they want to call it. Buzzing, buzzing. We had such a good season last season that we're looking at what we've done this season and going, oh, it feels like we've stalled. It feels like we've regressed. We haven't, man. We've just almost gone through the last 16 in the Champions League, have you said? We've just almost gone through the semi-finals of the League Cup and we're still in with a shout of finishing the top four. We haven't gone backwards. We've had a lot of bad luck with injuries this season. We are still doing, in my opinion, doing it incredibly well. And I mm -hmm. think what we're doing is we're comparing, as I say, this season where we are right now to what was achieved last season when what we achieved last season was actually way beyond our expectations in any way. So I am devastated by this defeat. I am devastated by the, the knockout in the Champions League, but at the same time, come the end of the season, when we finish in the top four again, which we will, if we get a good run in the cup, I'll look back and go, fucking hell, what a hell of a season that was again. 
I, th- I think the one thing I would say as well, the final point I just want to make is, as you say, the, the adversity we've got, I mean, we still look competitive, given, and I said the point earlier about look at the, the team that we finished on the pitch there, but we're, we're still competitive despite that with a 17-year-old midfielder, um, players playing out of position. I thought he was really good to know, by the way. We haven't talked about Miley's performance. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're, we're doing incredibly well given all the adversity. So it does give me confidence that when we get bodies back, we're, we're probably, I mean, we've already seen it this season. We've smashed some teams. I mean, Villa batted them at home. Um, Liverpool will batted them for, for, for 70 minutes in reality. And, and these are the teams that everyone's kind of holding up as the pinnacle of being, wow, look how good they're doing. We've, we've been the one team that's made them look very average so far this season. So when we've got everyone back, we can beat anybody. Um, it's just, we've got to get through this. And, and in reality, I don't think there's another team that could cope as well as we have losing the, the, the players that they have. So there is positives to take. It's just hard uh, <laughs> to kind of settle on that when you're, you're in kind of in the moment. But I think there's still a lot of positives to take and there's still a lot to play for in this season. Yeah, well, I return to the to the question about what this defeat or this cup exit does to the season. Well, we don't know, do we? Don't know because the challenge to Newcastle United now and that a challenge that they've risen to very well so far is every time the knocks keep coming, how do you respond? They need to go and get four to six points from Luton and Forest as a minimum. Really, I think a, de- a defeat in either of those games is 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 really damaging. Um. But they need to go. They need to go and do that. They need to go and get some players back to to be able to get something at Liverpool, uh, and then they need to win the the derby. And if, if we can get these through these next three Premier League games with six points as a minimum, and we're through in the cup, we're, we're kind of looking towards Manchester City in the middle of January, maybe with one or two players in, or players coming in, lots of players back, with an incredibly exciting first half of twenty twenty four. So the. We won't know about the impact of going out in the League Cup quarterfinal until the rest of the season starts to take place. And we have seen Newcastle United, like you just said, Ben, like you said, Norman and Si, you all agree. We all agree. Newcastle United have rolled with the punches this season to a to an extraordinary degree. It could have been even better. It's so close to being even better than than it is right now in terms of Paris and in terms of this. And I'll always I'll keep throwing that Liverpool, you know, result in there as well at home because we should have won that game comfortably. Uh, and we didn't. So it's it's the, the, there's certainly no reason to panic. There's no reason to ride Kevin Trippier off. There'll be a lot of social media stuff about that, both for and against. It's all it's all noise. He's still a, he's still a world class footballer, in my opinion. Really poor couple of weeks. Wasn't that long ago since seven away? It's less than two weeks, wasn't it? Mm. <laughs> less than two weeks since that fixture played. Fucking loads of games since then. Uh, and and it's all about these next two. Now Newcastle United are going to they're going to go into fixtures against teams that are far worse than they are that don't have the resources that Newcastle do so they have to turn this injustice and these feelings uh, into into points really and 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 get us into to Liverpool away uh, which is a hard game on New Year's Day um, you know closer to Liverpool hopefully are than, than we are now and closer to the top four than we are now we're only five points by Manchester City who are having a bad time they, they, they've got to they've got to get some players back and they've got to they've got to start picking up getting some momentum in the Premier League because at home it's been great but looting away on on Saturdays is, is a big one for getting back uh, back on track away from home in the Premier League and like you said Norman probably articulated it best let's get into March if we're in March business end of the season 10 games to go that kind of thing if we're in March with a, with a chance of Champions League football next season forget about the FA Cup for a second 
it'll be pretty good. I think everyone will take that right now. And I think the 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 ability of the coaching staff, the manager and the players is there for that. It's just whether we can actually do that this season with all of the all of the injuries and all of the fatigue. But we'll leave it there. Thanks very much to you lads for joining us. Thanks to everybody for listening on what's been a, a, a tough night, another tough midweek night uh, as a Newcastle United fan. We'll be back with the free podcast after Luton on Sunday morning, the usual slot. Come and join us on Patreon. It's between three and eight pounds a month. We would love to have you along as we reflect a little bit more on this result with a review tomorrow and then build up to Luton away uh, and beyond. Speak to you Sunday morning. Bye-bye. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.